brother i'm grace hello brother i'm stephanie and welcome back to doppelgangers today we are discussing season one episode 15 of the vampire diaries which is called a few good men what do you think that title's significance is you have any that's a good question i just think this was one of those episodes where like everyone had a tiny bit of information and slowly but surely every single person got it put together it was fascinating we did get a lot of answers this episode yeah it was a lot of moving parts a lot of like People leaving out little bits of information, but then that information comes back in a way to bite them. So we'll talk about the overview from Vampire Diaries Wiki, as we always do. It gives us a real picture of what we're looking at today. Matt and Caroline are surprised by the sudden reappearance of Matt's mother, Kelly, guest star Melinda Clark. We will talk about her. Stefan and Elena are worried about Damon's new attitude. Damon is asked by Sheriff Forbes to take part in a fundraising bachelor auction. Alaric discovers shocking secrets from his own past. With help from Jenna and Stefan, Elena is determined to find out anything she can about her birth mother, but the truth may be more than she can handle. You can say that again. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's more than she can handle, but it's definitely more than she um anticipated finding. I think she was hoping she would just like be like, hey, mom. Yeah, I think she was hoping she could just go to like a couple towns over in Virginia, knock on the door and be like, oh, I'm your daughter and it would be all great. Obviously, that's not the case. And I think by the end of this episode, she was probably like, man, it would have been a lot easier if she was just dead. <laughs> exactly. So being that it was a jam-packed episode, let's get right to it. So we open on a sunny day and a hiker is hiking through the woods and he's really appreciating nature, which is going to change pretty quick for him. In the one second I saw him hiking, I was like, oh, he's going to die. I mean, if you see a hiker on this show, it's the end of their life. Yeah, I mean, he could have been a new vampire, but obviously he wasn't because then we see our good friend, Nate St. Germain, Lyndon James, or as we know him, Harper. Yes, we finally learn his name. So we run into Harper, who is in his dirty clothes, and he's like, hey, what day is it? And the hiker says Saturday. And he's like, okay. Not the information I wanted. He said, okay, um, do you want to tell me the year? And he says, sure, it's 2010. And Harper's like, hmm. Interesting. And <laughs> then Harper says, you seem like a really nice person. And the hiker's like, oh, thank you. And then Harper kills him. But he clearly feels bad about it. He clearly didn't want to, but he's like, look, I um, need some blood and I need some clothes that don't look like I just came from the Civil War. Yeah. He reluctantly kills him and the hiker is dead. He takes his clothes and then Harper just starts walking and we'll pick up with him later. The cell phone starts ringing in his pocket and you can see Harper be like, oh, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what that is. And I don't want to know, honestly. He's like, that's too much for me at this moment. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I have to I have to walk. So he walks and we'll see him walking later. But for now, we check in with Elena, who is sitting on the front porch. She's leaving a voicemail for Bonnie or she's calling Bonnie, but it sounds like a voicemail where she's basically like, hey, hope you're doing OK. We miss you here. Don't let your aunt drive you crazy. So that gives us exposition that Bonnie is staying at her aunt's, presumably in the aftermath of her grandmother dying last episode. Yeah. And it's also dropped that like the funeral has passed. That's over. It seems that, yes, Grams is dead, dead, although you never know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so Jenna comes up onto the porch and she's like, hey, what are you up to? And Elena's like, well, I'm just journaling because the funeral for Bonnie's grandma it brought up some stuff about mom and dad. How could it not? By the way, speaking of parents, you said you were going to do some digging for me on my birth parents. Did you find anything? And Jenna actually did find quite a lot. Yeah, she found pretty much everything Elena needs. 
She found an entry in Elena's dad's books about his medical practice, whatever you want to call those, from the night that Elena was born that says a girl named Isabel Peterson came in. And then she did some deductive reasoning that she wouldn't have used her real last name. So it'd be the last name of a friend. So anyway, she did a lot of digging. She says she binged it, which I'm glad that Bing helped her. It's pretty impressive. She got all that information by using solely Bing. Well, and it's, (laughs) it's interesting because if you write out, I binged it, it says I binged it. It has a much different meaning now. So that's probably another good reason why Bing didn't catch on. That's what I saw in the like closed captioning before she said it. And I was like, what does she mean? She binged it. Like she binged what? Like the information. And then I was like, oh, she binged it. (laughs) But she yeah, she got a ton of information. She was able to like narrow down to the right high school and ends up with a picture of Trudy Peterson and Isabel Fleming. And she says, I did find Trudy Peterson's address. She still lives in the area, but I didn't find anything on Isabel. And Elena's like, oh, and Jen is like, I should also mention Alaric's wife was named Isabel and she died. Just throwing that out there. At this point, we don't know whether or not it's the same Isabel. We're on that path. Well, it's a TV show. So we as the audience are assuming that. I do think at this point in the episode, some of the people are making a pretty quick jump that this Isabel's the same Isabel and they end up being correct. So it doesn't really matter, but it is like that name's not that uncommon. It's not that weird that maybe there were two people named Isabel who lived in Virginia. Yeah. It's not like that likely the same, but obviously that's, it's just a coincidence, you know? And I think at this point I was like, well, whether or not this Isabel is a wife, she's probably dead. I mean, if like, if that's the storyline we're going with, which Mm-hmm. you know, for obvious reasons was incorrect. But that was the track we were on yeah. early in the episode. Exactly. Was Isabel's dead. Both Isabel's. <laughs> Both Isabel's, whether they're the same Isabel, who who can say at, at that current point. So everyone at this point is kind of starting to suspect that they might be the same Isabel, particularly Stefan and Elena. They're talking together and Elena basically catches Stefan up on all this stuff. And she's like, oh, it's a coincidence. It could be too much unless... <laughs> Well, and then she says like, oh, and Jenna said that Alaric's wife also died. And Stefan's like, oh, that's so interesting. Like, um, what did she say about uh, his wife's death? Like, did she give you any details? And all that Jenna told Elena was basically like, she died, the case was never solved. Yeah. And Stefan doesn't look surprised because he can't even feign surprise. But I guess it's better that he's kind of leading with the truth now. And she's basically like, you knew that. And he's like, the night I talked to him in the school, He mentioned that. Yeah, he told me about his wife's death, but it would be way too much of a coincidence. Yeah. Obviously not too much of a coincidence because it happened. Eat your words, Stefan. (laughs) And Elena during this conversation also is like, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to go to Trudy's, but I'll keep you posted if I do. And she also asks how Damon's doing in the aftermath of learning Catherine literally doesn't care if he lives or dies. And... And Stefan says, oh, well, he's dealing in his own way. So, of course, cut to Damon and a bunch of girls in their underwear because that's the CW. That's how people party on the CW. That's how you know it is a rowdy party. Like, Yeah, there's four girls in just their brawn underwear and Damon's drinking blood. He's having a whole lot of fun. He's clearly, you know, not handling it well. Yeah, clearly he has been affected by the Catherine revelation. But at the end of the day, he's not doing like awful stuff here. I mean, he's not killing them. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty good step. Yeah. So Stefan comes in and turns off the music, of course. And Damon calls him uh, Buzzkill Bob. Not Damon's most clever line, but effective for the situation. Yeah, it does the job. It gave what it needed to give. Mm-hmm. And Stefan makes a point to call the girls here Tridelts, which 
I love that they picked a real sorority. They didn't pick a fake sorority. They picked a real sorority to make fun of. And, you know, Tridelts would go get compelled by a vampire. You wouldn't even need to compel him. Yeah, I love <laughs> it when, because, you know, obviously most shows do like a fake sorority or fraternity. So I love it when a show doesn't because... I imagine the reason they don't do it is because sororities will like call the CW and be like, how dare you put our sisterhood in your show in a in such a derogatory light? And it's like, well, you're Tridelts. <laughs> yeah, no shade to Tridelts, but y'all are pick me girls. Y'all are dressing as flappers every Halloween. Exactly. I just love that Julie Plex said, I'm going to call out Tridelts. She said, I'm not making a fake name. I love to think it was Julie Plex, but I also would love to think that like Ian Summerholder was like, oh my God, we got to make fun of Tridelts. I wish. <laughs> then Stefan, you know, is like kind of checking in with Damon. He's like, you know, are you holding up okay? Because he notices obviously his surroundings. Damon's like, I am literally totally fine. He's like, look, I've spent the last like 150 years of my life trying to accomplish one goal to get in that tomb. I did it. So that's done. And yeah, Catherine wasn't there, but why dwell? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you know, it's kind of nice to be living without a diabolical plan. I can just do whatever I want. And Stefan's like, yeah, that's kind of my issue with it, to be honest. Yeah. He's like, that's actually kind of what worries me. Damon's like, oh, calm down. I haven't killed anyone in a long time. I'm not going to kill these girls. They're going to wake up in their dorm with a headache. They're going to think they blacked out. Everyone's going to have a fun time. Yeah. And so then Stefan says like, hey, I need to ask you about this woman from North Carolina, you might've known her name's Isabel. And Damon's like, why you bring up women from my past right now? Which is a fair question. And Damon basically doesn't say if he does or doesn't remember her. He doesn't answer any question. Yeah, because he's like, I don't really want to talk about this. Like I'm, you know, I'm pretending I'm not going through something, but if I talk to you too long, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> yeah. So he definitely, I mean, we don't know at this point if he knows Isabel or not, but he definitely just doesn't answer the question in one way or the other. And it's not outside the realm of possibility that he would have like killed a girl and like not remembered her. Like no shade to Damon. Well, yeah, he's like, I probably did kill a girl in North Carolina. What do you want me to say? He's like, yeah, I, I probably did like drink a bunch of blood from some random girl. Yeah, that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> that sounds like me. Like that. Yeah, that's about right. I've, I've been to North Carolina at one point. But yeah, he's like, I'm not going to give any information. Exactly. So Stefan doesn't really get what he wants out of that conversation. Damon doesn't get anything out of that conversation, but he didn't want anything out of that conversation. Yeah. And Damon essentially is like, well, nothing matters. And it's like, OK, yeah, you're, you're not doing so well, bud. Yeah, it's like, OK, so you're not having as much fun as I think you want us to believe you are. But we'll get to more of that later. Yeah. I mean, he continues <laughs> down his little spiral. And then we check in with everyone's least favorite couple at the Donovan house where Matt and Caroline are watching TV, not an ounce of sexual chemistry between them. Yeah. She's basically like, please make out with me. And it like takes some convincing on Matt's end. He is such a fucking piece of shit. I hate him. I can't stand him. I it's honestly making me mad at Caroline because I'm like, can you go like you can do better than this? Don't date this guy. Caroline. Love yourself more than this. Yeah. And so Caroline, the sex positive icon, initiates a hookup. And so they start making out. Shirts come off. They, you know, take off each other's shirts. It's getting a little hot and heavy. And then immediately enters Kelly Donovan, who is Matt's mom. She walks in on them. You and I both recognize Kelly Donovan as Julie Cooper from the OC. Melinda Clark is the actress's name. She came to Mystic Falls all the way from Riverside. Yeah. <laughs> 
for those of you who don't watch the OC, she kind of plays a similar character on the OC of like kind of a slutty mom. Yeah, the rich version of it, but same energy. Yeah, typecast for sure. But Melinda Clark's great. When I first watched The Vampire Diaries, I was very excited to see her. I'm not even that deep in the OC. Like I've kind of just started it and I'm like obsessed with Miss Julie Cooper. Mostly because I hate Jimmy Cooper. So I'm like fucking escape queen. I think that's a popular opinion. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to hurt anyone's feelings on that. Jimmy Cooper and Matt Donovan are cut of the same cloth. Yeah, actually, that's so true. (laughs) If you're out there and you're a Jimmy Cooper stan or a Matt Donovan stan, you're an idiot. I don't think anyone on this planet stands Matt Donovan. I mean, I'll be honest with you. If you do, like, we don't need your ad revenue. You don't have to listen to our podcast. If you do. Yeah, if you like Matt Donovan, (laughs) this is not the podcast for you because it's just going to hurt your feelings. Because I've only just begun to hate Matt and it's early in the show. I can't imagine it's going to start getting better anytime soon. It's going to be hard to bounce back from where he is Yeah, for you. Even episode one, I was like, I can't stand him. And I came around for like a few episodes because he's baby cute. Yeah, you liked him for a minute. He's baby cute. I mean, I don't, that's not my issue with him. It's his personality. (laughs) I just don't want you to revise history. Like you didn't hate Matt Donovan from day one. You wanted Matt and Bonnie to date for a second. No, I hated him. And then I was like, oh, I feel like Matt and Bonnie might date. And I'm not excited about that because I really like Bonnie. So you had to kind of trick yourself into liking Matt. And then I came around on Matt a little bit. And I was like, okay, he's kind of cute. And he's trying to help Elena be with Stefan. And then it's gone downhill ever since. Yeah, we'll see how he turns it back. Then we are transported to the town square where Jenna and Alaric are hanging up a banner for the fundraiser tonight, which everyone's calling a bachelor auction, but it's really a raffle. It was really a bachelor raffle. Yeah. Well, I love because Jenna says fundraising in this town is like indentured servitude. Like what? Like that's not normal. No. And also it's not. Yeah. (laughs) It's not indentured servitude. You're volunteering. You're volunteering at a fundraiser. All you're doing is hanging up one banner. That's all I've seen you do. Yeah, it was like, okay, queen, that was a weird take. Um, And Alaric just let that one pass by. Yeah, Alaric shut her up by giving her a very sweet kiss. Which, you know, we haven't really touched in on them as a couple recently. You know, they've been casually flirting. Yeah, but it was fun to see a little kiss. It was like, oh, so we're stepping forward, a kiss in the town square. Well, they seem to be like a couple of the only eligible singles in mystic falls yeah the only other age appropriate bachelor for jenna right now that we know of is damon and i don't think jenna's opposed to that but i don't think she's like on board with it alaric is obviously a better choice for her yeah i think jenna's like you know he's cute i really don't need to be dating my niece's boyfriend's brother and there's this new history teacher in town who is very cute so problem solved so they kiss and then jenna immediately ruins the moment and i know she has to bring this up but it's like Did you have to do it right now? Yeah, I feel like it could have come up later. But as we've seen on this show many times and in this episode too, later on, it's like we probably could have waited to say that. But then there's the chance that they hear it some other way. And that backfires as well. So it probably was wise to tell him. It did hurt this little moment. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely took the um, mood out of the room. So she's like, hey, I hate to bring this up, but Elena's been looking for her birth mother. And we found out. Her name is Isabel and she's from around Virginia. And I know your wife was also named Isabel and was also from around Virginia. Did Isabel ever have a baby? And he said, no. She's like, even before you were together? Yeah. And he's like, no, she would have told me. Jenna takes out the photo to show him just for confirmation, which I think is fair. Yeah. First, I I would have been like, okay, let it go. But then it was like, well, you might as well know. And it's good for him to know. Exactly. Everyone should be on the same page. And he's basically like, oh, she never told me. 
this kind of shakes him and he ends up leaving. Yeah, and he's like, I gotta go, which is fair. Again, so not indentured servitude because he left pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would that I would leave too. That's a lot of information to be faced with just at like 1 p.m. Well, and again, well, we get more of the historical stuff later of their relationship. But what Jenna knows about Alaric and Isabel's relationship right now is like they were in love and she died. And that's kind of an oversimplification of their relationship. And I think this highlights that his relationship had a lot more secrets than he's willing to admit. And so I think he's kind of embarrassed that Jenna found this out. Yeah. And that's got to be weird to like, I think he's kind of revised his own history here of like, well, no, it was this beautiful relationship. And like, it's easy to look back and think of the positives. There were obviously some issues that he's kind of ignoring because she died young, quote unquote. But I think it is weird of him to be like, to have to be faced with that. Like, oh, maybe there were more issues than the ones I'm even ignoring, you know? Yeah, ran deeper than that. So Elena pulls up in her bright red Mini Cooper to Trudy Peterson's house. She had the address written down on a piece of paper. She pulls up, she knocks on the door. She clearly is like a little nervous about it, but Trudy answers the door and she's like, hi. Elena's like, oh, I'm looking for Trudy Peterson. I wanted to ask about a woman named Isabel Fleming. And Trudy's like, oh, I haven't heard that name in years. Oh, you're her daughter. And then Trudy says, I'm making tea. Do you want some? And Elena's like, sure. Trudy says, the kitchen is this way. So Trudy notably does not invite her in. And you can tell the, you know, the music is kind of suspicious and they do make a little threshold sound. So you know that something about that interaction crossing the threshold is significant. You can tell by the way Trudy's looking at her that she's doing this on purpose, not inviting her in. Yeah, I couldn't quite tell the the phrasing of it wasn't super clear to me of like whether it counted as inviting her in, but I guess it it did not count. She never said, oh, come inside. I didn't pay that much attention to the phrasing. I was at this time thinking like, okay, Trudy's a vampire. <laughs> yeah, fur off. I'm finally over my uh, sexism of women can't be vampires. Now you're just assuming everyone's a vampire until proven otherwise. Yeah, exactly. And you will be proven otherwise on Trudy. Yeah. <laughs> and Elena's like, hey, I'm sorry for barging in. I was just kind of driving around. And then I thought of something my mom told me. And I was thinking about my mom. And I had your address. And I just ended up here. So I'm really sorry. Trudy's basically like, it's okay. You know, me and Isabel were really close in high school. We kind of drifted apart. We kept in touch over the years. But I just don't know what she's up to. When Elena asks, like, well, do you know who my father is? And Trudy's like, no, she never told me. I literally forgot there had to be a father involved. Because <laughs> I was thinking if Isabel's dead, like, oh, it's so sad. All of her parents are dead. Like, completely forgetting the father of it all. Yeah. So here's my question. Do you think Trudy doesn't know who the father is, truly? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think it's a question will get answered, but I'm just curious. I think she could or she couldn't. I think if she did, she wasn't going to tell Elena. And now she can't. So (laughs) I think it's kind of moot. Do you think we'll find out who the dad is? I think eventually. The storyline of who Elena's birth mother is has caused all this fun little drama for us. And I think they'll use her dad in a similar way. I mean, who knows? Maybe this uh, creepy guy was her dad. (laughs) Impossible to say. (laughs) Impossible to say. But Trudy says she did know that Isabel ended up going to school at Duke. I think we know at this point that Alaric's from North Carolina and that he went to Duke or whatever. Yeah, we knew at least the North Carolina part. It's enough to connect that this is probably the same Isabel for Elena because she doesn't have every piece of information yet. And then the kettle goes off and Trudy's like, oh, I'll go get that tea. She gets up and as soon as she leaves Elena's eyeline, she texts someone, she's here. So that's suspicious. Then we go back to the Donovan house where Kelly and Matt are catching up. And Kelly's like, oh, you know, I've been around like all over the place. You know, Pete. And Matt's like, no, actually, I don't. I've never met him. (laughs) 
And she's like, okay, whatever. We'll move past that. I mean, this clears some issues. Then Kelly calls Caroline the flavor of the month, which is weird because Matt, this is like Matt's second girlfriend. So he doesn't really have flavors of the month. Yeah, that's like not really something I would use to describe anyone Matt was with, but who am I? Matt is like, you know, he kind of defends her. He's like, oh, I like her. And then his mom's like, oh, so she's the one. And he's like, probably not. It's like, come on. Like, you can't even be nice. I don't expect him to be like, oh, yeah, she's the one. And obviously, I don't want her to be the one. So like. And obviously, his mom would not have responded well if he had said that. Well, my favorite thing that Kelly says in this, and she's like, oh, really? Leslie Forbes's daughter. And I honestly forgot. I, I didn't remember her first name. I actually don't know if I know her first name. It's Elizabeth. It would be Lizzie. So Leslie's pretty easy, mean nickname for a girl with a short haircut. So it took me a second to figure out that wasn't her real name. But this was a little joke that stuck with me through the whole episode. Every time I saw Sheriff Forbes, I was like, <laughs> Leslie Forbes. It's so immature and stupid and like not even accurate. Well, and it tells us a lot about Kelly's character that yeah. she's still using a nickname from high school. Yeah. It tells us everything we need to know about Kelly Donovan. Yeah, it's very clearly like a joke she made once that like was very funny to like who she told the jokes to. That it's like, it's just like such a kind of low stakes mean nickname. It's like, okay. And like, it's just, that is what makes it more funny than her calling her a lesbian. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So then Kelly grabs some vodka because I guess she wants to drink vodka. I mean, I don't blame her. Matt kind of turns the conversation away from Caroline because he can see it's going to a mean place. Actually, it's been in a mean place. (laughs) They've arrived. Yeah, it's already there. Matt grabs some ice for his mom and then he turns the conversation to Vicky. He's like, oh, have you seen Vic? Or have you heard from Vic? And Kelly's like, no, but don't worry. Like, she'll come back when she needs something. Like, I've done that. And he's like, is that what you're doing now? And she's like, (laughs) what? I can't just come back. I mean, obviously. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's like, obviously you're coming back because you don't have anywhere else to go like Matt's not Matt's dumb but he's not an idiot if you haven't been here in like six months like and you're suddenly here without uh Pete I I think we can all do the math there Miss Kelly yeah so Matt's kind of antagonistic to her at the end of this conversation but she's like tell me everything I missed it's like my life but okay then meanwhile in the town square Stefan and Alaric are meeting up to do a little you know catch up meeting of the minds and they basically are like, yeah, so um, Isabel's Elena's mom. We do have confirmation of that. And Alaric's like, what does Elena know? And Stefan's like, not much. And Stefan makes it a point to say that Elena doesn't know about the Damon-Isabel connection, that Damon's yeah. the one who killed her. Alaric's like, well, does Damon remember her? And Stefan's like, not really. And Alaric's like, well, can you push him a little more? And Stefan's like, he's already really unstable. And Alaric's like, he killed my wife. Has he ever been stable? Fair point. From Alaric, although he doesn't really know what Damon is currently going through. And Stefan makes a point to say, like, okay, like, you should leave Damon alone. I think partially because he's like, I don't want Damon to go crazy. But also, clearly, Damon can beat Alaric in a fight. Yeah, because Stefan knows he can handle it. And the thing is, Alaric is not a bad ally to have for Stefan at this point. And honestly, Stefan's not a bad ally for Alaric. They can benefit from each other in the long run. So Stefan has no business wanting Alaric dead. And Alaric has no business wanting Stefan dead. And Stefan also like seems to have some optimism for Damon with this whole situation. So he doesn't really want Damon dead either. Especially because like the pressing concern of like Damon letting like 30 vampires loose in the town seems to be gone. Yeah. I mean, incorrect, but... (laughs) Yeah, but it's not really Damon's fault. Stefan is clearly trying to, like... He's kind of at the center of all these conflicts. He's kind of the messenger of everything. And he's trying to, like, keep Elena, Alaric, and Damon in three separate boxes. And he's, like, communicating what he needs to to each of them. 
obviously he can't keep a hand on them because none of the people are keeping quiet like he tells them to. Yeah, he tells them all essentially. Like he'll ask one of them about Isabel and then he'll be like, okay, just keep this to yourself. Yeah. And they're all like, I don't want to. And he's like, well, please do. And then they're like, no. Yeah, Stefan is literally like, (laughs) I am handling it. Just please don't get any more involved in this. And they're all like, I do not agree to those terms. That's too much for me personally. He basically says, like, if you want to survive, don't, like, get involved with Damon. And Alaric says, okay, but he doesn't mean it. And Stefan's like, can you give me a picture of Isabel to show Damon? Kind of to, like... Like, to jog his memory, essentially. Well, yeah, but to, like, satiate Rick's need for more action. He's like, I'll take a picture to show Damon. I'll push a little bit, but you need to, like... You need to step back. Like, I am going to handle it. So Stefan takes the picture and hopes for the best. And then we have our first, we have a couple of these. This is a flashback, the inner life of Alaric and Isabel pre her quote unquote death. She's like on the computer typing, working hard. And he's like, babe, come to bed. And she's like, no, no, I'm busy. He's like, tell me what you're researching. And she's like, okay, you're going to think it's crazy. Yeah. Cause he's like, oh, is it thesis stuff? And I was like, well, I'm sure the thesis is on history and probably vampires. And lo and behold, here she comes. <laughs> yeah. So she says, there's this little town in Virginia, not from where I grew up and it's secluded and it's quiet and every once in a while people die mysteriously. They say it's animal attacks but everyone's drained of blood so I know it's vampires. And Alert kind of laughs it off. He's like, oh, got my garlic and holy water. <laughs> Which wouldn't be effective. Yeah, in this case. And Alert's like, okay, so you're up late, not laying in bed with me to research something dumb. <laughs> yeah, he's making fun, but he's trying to be supportive, but he obviously thinks it's dumb. He's like, oh, you're like Mulder, which is a reference to Mulder of the X-Files. And I didn't watch the X-Files, so I'm just making assumptions based on context. So if this is wrong, I really don't care. But Mulder's the one who believes in aliens. And okay. Scully doesn't. And then obviously at the end of this scene, Isabel says Mulder was right in the end. And guess what? Isabel was right in the end. They were vampires. That is true. Which Alaric obviously knows very well at this point. But that's our flashback. But she basically says, like, I'm going to prove vampires are real. And Alaric says, OK, good night. Yeah, Alaric's like, OK, well, I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so we're both going to do our own thing. So we, we both got our assignments. Yeah. <laughs> Back at Trudy's house, they're reminiscing about being cheerleaders, whatever. Elena was a cheerleader. Trudy and Isabel were cheerleaders. I guess cheerleaders like to talk about that stuff, whatever. They're just looking at pictures, having some fun. And Elena's having a great time. And then Trudy's like, you haven't touched your tea. And Elena's like, oh, okay. Um, And she takes a sip of the tea. I'm sorry, if I'm at someone's house, I mean, offering tea is nice. But if I'm at a random person's house, I'm not going to like jump on the tea. Like they need to drink some first, you know? I think she was drinking it though. Yeah, but, but that that's just my first point. But if I was already suspicious and like say she hadn't been drinking the tea, or if I was suspicious of the tea anyway in another way, someone being like, oh, you haven't touched your tea is only going to make me more suspicious. But Elena's not suspicious of Trudy or Isabel at this point. I know she's not, but I just, it, that's a weird way to try to get the tea in. I don't think so. I think we're watching it obviously as a TV show, but if someone invites me in, I don't assume they're poisoning the tea. I, uh... I have anxiety. And so, well, I also at this point was suspicious of Trudy. At one point in my notes, I wrote, did Trudy kill Isabel? Which obviously was not even remotely close. (laughs) But sometimes you have to guess. I just keep throwing guesses out. And at one point, something has to be right. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Elena drinks the tea. She takes a sip of the tea. And she recognizes the taste. She's like, what's in this? And Trudy says, oh, it's just an herbal mixture. And Elena says, vervain. And Trudy's like, uh. And Elena's like, oh, so you know. And Trudy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Elena's like, you didn't invite me in and you gave me vervain tea. You know. She's like, I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> and so Trudy's like, okay, you gotta go. 
Elena does. She obliges because she's like, I don't really need to be involved with this. She kind of got all the information she needed from Trudy anyway. And then Elena goes outside to her little red Mini Cooper and she sees a mysterious man standing in the street. Yeah. And Elena says, okay, I'm just going to get my car and drive away. And she does. Good call. Yeah, and this guy looks awful creepy standing in the road. Then at the grill, Alaric is having a little day drink and Damon also wants a day drink. So they sit next to each other. Damon's like, oh, the teacher, don't you have papers to grade? And Alaric's like, a little buzz helps grade papers. Which is, is tea. When I grade... I love to have a glass of wine and grade my little quizzes. Oh, it is so fun. Exactly. <laughs> and Damon says a very astute observation. He says, sober is depressing. And Alaric is obviously a little testy based on everything that's been happening. Yeah, he's definitely being a little pissy. <laughs> yeah, and he could definitely hide this better. But he says, you don't strike me as someone who gets depressed. And Damon's like, yeah, you're saying that like you know me. And Alaric says, just a hunch. Luckily, Rick is pretty good at like noticing when things are turning against him in a conversation and just bowing out. Yeah, he's pretty good at like pushing up to get his information. But then when it's clear someone pushes back, he can like settle back pretty easily. He's pretty good at reading the room. Yeah. And so he reads that he's coming off as combative and it's not hitting Damon well. Rick's like, OK, have a good afternoon. And Damon says, not likely. <laughs> Which is funny. And Lurk leaves. And then the sheriff comes up to Damon and she's like, hey, I need a favor. And Damon says, have you ever been in love? And she's like, okay. <laughs> she's like, I literally had a husband. And Damon's like, oh yeah, gay husband. Yeah, he's like, have you ever had someone like rip your heart out and like ruin your life? And she's like, you forget I was married. And he says, yeah. ah, gay husband. Yeah. And that reminds us, the audience, of that history as well. She's like, I need you to be in the bachelor auction. Again, more of a raffle than an auction, but call it what you guys want. And she's like, really, I need help. Look, you're single, you're a catch, you're a hero to this town. And Carol Lockwood won't let me live it down if I don't bring anyone. <laughs> well, I think it's funny because there could not be a worse time for Damon to be a bachelor. But, you know, she is like, you know, you're a hero, even though people don't know that. And he says something about vampires. She's like, honestly, I miss the vampires a little bit. And it's so funny. Like, she hasn't known about any vampire since Lexi. And there have been so many vampires cycling through. Well, she knew about Logan. Oh, I guess she did. I forgot about that. I forgot about him already. I know. But either way, she knows about a lot less vampires than there are, including, you know, the ones sitting next to her. <laughs> yeah. And the ones that are coming out of a tomb at a rapid pace. But that's a problem for later in the season, perhaps. We'll see if she deals with it. Damon does hesitate being in the Bachelor auction, obviously because he's pretty heartbroken over Catherine. But then he does agree because he's basically like, you know, having a room of women clamoring for a date for me sounds pretty great. Sounds pretty fun to me. He does need the confidence boost. So he's like, okay, I'll do it. And then he uses this as leverage to be like, and can you get me information on someone? History teacher Alaric Saltzman. I get a weird vibe. I just want to make sure the high school did their homework on him. And she's like, sure, I'll get that for you. Yeah, it's handy because he's very trustworthy to her. So she's like, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you're in the bachelor auction. I'll get you the Alaric Saltzman file. It's always helpful to have the sheriff be your ally. Damon knows this. Yeah, that's never going to hurt you. So now we check back in with Trudy, who gets a knock at the door. And who is it but the mystery man from the middle of the road? Mm -hmm. And he's like, thank you for the text. And she clearly didn't know who she was texting because she seems surprised to see him. Yeah. And she seems very scared. And she's like, look, I didn't tell her anything, but she did know something. And the guy's like, oh, that's not a problem. She won't get any closer to the truth. So this is our first kind of clue that something's going on, but we get more of it later. She's like, okay, so I'm done. And he's like, yeah, 
you're done. And then he obviously tries to get in and she's like, no, I'm not going to invite you in. I'm not inviting you in. And he's like, yeah, I'm not a vampire. So that doesn't matter. Yeah. And then he comes in and she's like, I did my part. He's like, yeah, now I have to do my part. And he pushes her down the stairs and kills her. Yeah. So then he just leaves. But it's interesting, you know, we get clarification of this later, but it's pretty clear that he's being compelled to do this in some way. And so Mm -hmm. my thought is that Trudy's text was also a compulsion. Sure. Whoever compelled him, which going to guess was Isabel also was like okay if Elena ever comes you have to text me or you have to text this number you know that's a good assumption thanks because (laughs) well because this is the good thing about compulsion and we'll see more and more compulsion as the show goes on but you can compel someone to like do something at a certain point and just like leave it and wait that's what you know we had a lot of interesting compulsion in this episode creative use of compulsion yeah creative use of compulsion which we haven't seen a ton of we've really mostly only seen damon compelling people yeah most it's like forget we had this conversation yeah which is fine that's useful but it's fun to see kind of this more specific stuff oh yeah we're gonna see a lot more um strategic compulsion like this kind of stuff which is why the uh vein becomes very handy yeah exactly Then we go back over to the town square where Harper is walking around. He's very... There's a lot of noises that he is not prepped for. Yeah, he's very overwhelmed by cell phones, cars, noise, like everything. And in the midst of all this chaos, he looks at a woman on a bench who's staring at him and kind of nods at him. And that's all we get of Harper right now. Which, I mean, anyone nodding at him and like, he had a look of recognition. I was like, this is another vampire from the tomb. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy because we really, we only saw Pearl get out. And, and you know, obviously we saw Harper get out, but clearly that's not, that's not it mm-hmm. for the escapees. Well, yeah, exactly. Then Elena arrives at the Salvatore house looking for Stefan, but instead she finds a shirtless Damon who is just in excellent shape. Just looking stunning. And she's like, hey, you look. And he's like, oh, gorgeous, dashing. And she's like, no, you look like wrecked. And he's like, <laughs> which, okay. <laughs> which he is. And she like earnestly asks him like, how are you doing? And he deflects, you know, he's like, whatever, I'm fine. He's obviously drunk and he's trying to button his shirt and he can't get the button to button. So he's like, hey, can you help me? He absolutely can. Well, we get confirmation of that later. But for this moment, he cannot get his button to button. And he's like, Elena, please help me. Yeah. He's like, hey, can you help me button my shirt? And she's like, fine, whatever. King behavior. Yeah. And so she's like, so I found out who my birth mother is. And she's like really hopeful and excited. And Damon says, oh, who cares? And at first it's like, oh, can you pretend to care? But then he turns the comment around and he says, she left you, so she sucks. And then it becomes a sweet comment. Real roller coaster of a comment from Damon. Yeah, he just is in this mindset of like, everyone leaves, everyone disappoints you, you know, obviously. And I wrote down, hurt people, hurt people. Okay, okay, Brene Brown. (laughs) (laughs) I will do anything to like find the good in Damon. He's obviously a good person. He's obviously projecting his own stuff on. He's like, well, yeah, people leave. Like, why should I care that someone left you? You know, Well, I think no, I don't think that's what the comment means. I think it means like anyone who didn't appreciate you sucks. Oh, I, I think even... it's a much I think it's a much more romantic comment. Oh, than I that. didn't even get that. That's how I read it. Huh. But I, I mean, that's that's just two different interpretations of a line. I'm not saying mine yeah. is more correct. Than that's yours. interesting. Yeah, that's interesting that you thought that because you said sweet comment. And I was like, what does she mean by sweet? I, I thought you meant like sweet, like a burn. And I was like, OK, it wasn't really that good of a burn. It was kind of lazy, but sure. No, I mean, sweet, like cute. Huh. That's so <laughs> funny that we had such different interpretations. interpretations of it. Well, as a Delana stan, I'm looking for romance. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm applying romance to every conversation that these two have. That's fair. Because Delana stands, we eaten tonight. 
Mmm, yummy. Were we eating tonight? Well, I guess we were eating. She buttoned a shirt. We snacked. We see Damon and Elena <laughs> speak to each other. Delana stands, we eaten tonight. Mmm, yummy. We got one single crab cake appetizer. <laughs> exactly. You get one pig in a blanket, but we still eaten. <laughs> And so they have kind of a little moment where they're looking at each other, where she's trying to interpret that comment. Who knows what her interpretation of it was? One of ours, or it's something completely different. Then Stefan comes in and she like steps away from Damon. Damon puts on a jacket and he makes a comment about how he's been having so much blood. He's real. He's you know gaining a little weight or maybe muscle. I read it. Who I knows? read it as muscle. Yeah, he was like, oh, this jacket's too small. Like you should drink some blood. You'll like beef up. It'll fill you out. Yeah. And Stefan's like, okay. And then Damon knows when he's not wanted. So he leaves the room, but as he's leaving, he buttons the remaining buttons and looks at Elena. And she's like, oh my God. (laughs) I just love him. She's like, he's fine. Yeah, it's a great move. He really said, come over here and butt my buttons. Then he said, okay, I'm going to butt He said, okay, well, Stefan's here, so I'm going to go. It is iconic. And Elena says, you know what? Maybe this heartbreak will be good for him. It'll remind him that he has one. And Stefan's like, huh, yeah, I hope so too. Anyway... (laughs) Anyway, and she's like, oh, so I saw Trudy. And Stefan's like, whoa. And again, he's like, why are you guys not following the clear directions I give you? He's like, I told you to wait. He's like, I literally told you to go with me. Although if she had gone with him, it might have been different because he wouldn't have been able to come in. But but anyway, Elena's like, well, she had Vervain. So she knows something that she wasn't telling me. And Stefan's like, well, I guess since we're in here now, um, here's this picture of Isabel, of Alaric's wife. And Elena, who's seen the high school picture of Isabel, is like, oh, yeah, that's absolutely the same Isabel. Stefan says, yeah, Alaric learned everything he knew about vampires from Isabel, and he believes she was killed by one. And Elena obviously doesn't take that well. And Stefan's like, there's a lot more about Isabel that I want Alaric to tell you, but I want you to hold off on asking him. And she's like, why the fuck would I do that? (laughs) And he's like, I just you need to trust me. And she doesn't agree to this. Yeah, she notably doesn't say like, okay, I won't ask him. She's like, huh. Notably, he's like, I want you to hold off. And she's like, hmm. Like, she doesn't say, okay, I will. She's like, that's interesting. She says, I hear you. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think it's wise of him to not tell her that, to his knowledge, Damon killed Isabel. Because, you know, he doesn't really have that confirmed. Yes. I think Alurk assumed that, but doesn't seem to know for sure that he killed yes. her. He just knows Damon knows. I do think Stefan doesn't have enough information to tell Elena this, and he doesn't want to tell her if he's not 100% sure. So I do think Stefan made the right call. He just couldn't have predicted Damon and Alaric. He could have predicted that, like, Damon would know because he didn't tell Damon, like, it's Alaric's wife that I'm asking about. So when Damon found out, he's like, oh, great, a way to turn it on Stefan without knowing that there was some other collateral damage. Exactly. He didn't have enough information. But I I think Stefan made the right choice. He didn't know things that would have changed his approach. He didn't have as good of a read on how much all these people wanted this information Mm -hmm. and how far they would have gone to get it. And now it's time for the main event of the episode, which is the bachelor raffle, not auction. I want to make it clear. No one's spending any money here, except they're they're all buying raffle tickets and then just get raffled off. It's a very low key event. And I understand why they do it because the bidding of a bachelor auction would be too much because 
you know, we have to have Jenna end up with a lurk. We have to have someone end up with Damon. Like, yeah, a raffle was an easy way to be like, okay, they ended up with like, what are the odds? But, you know, we can ignore that. Well, yeah, because or else the bidding, it's like, oh, how much money is Jenna spending on a lurk? How does she have that much money? Why is no one else bidding on a lurk? There's a lot of logic that goes with an auction that honestly, I don't think they wanted to waste time doing. So I like the raffle choice, but it yeah. is funny that they call it a bachelor auction, but it is a literal raffle. Yeah, it, it is men. goofy. It is really goofy. Especially because like they do the whole introduction of all of them, but it's like, it doesn't really matter. Like if you win the date, you'll learn about it. Like you don't get to Well, pick. it's like any raffle, they introduce a prize. They're like, okay, and this is a gift card to true. Starbucks. But they're like, and this is a plumber. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a different kind of raffle. Um, Mrs. Lockwood, of course, is the MC. The pros of being the mayor's wife, you get to MC everything you want. Clearly she loves MCing. Yeah. It's clearly a passion of hers. And she drops that all the proceeds for this are going to- the Founders Day celebration. So it's like a Founders Day event that funds Founders Day. Founders Day is a very big deal in Mystic Falls. Which is funny because there was like the Founders Day party a while ago and that that like that wasn't even the main event. I know, exactly. Founders Day is really going to start picking up as we get closer and closer to the season finale. And this isn't a spoiler to tell you this. The title of the last episode of season one is Founders Day. Oh, that makes sense. So just so you know, we're, we're barreling towards Founders Day at this point. Yeah. Jenna and Alaric are kind of flirting. This is pre-raffling. Jenna's like, hey, I'm sorry about all the like Isabel stuff that I brought up earlier. And he's like, yeah, I'm sorry that I kind of freaked out. It's all kind of weird. And Jenna's like, well, maybe you and Elena could like talk. And Alaric basically says, hell no. I mean, he does it a little more tactfully. Yeah, he's like, um, I don't think so. <laughs> and she's like, well, yeah, no pressure. Like maybe someday. And Alaric's like, no. Yeah, Alaric's like, uh, never, but but thanks for the input. But I mean, from what Jenna knows, that's not like a crazy suggestion. Yeah, I don't even think that's a crazy suggestion with the situation. I think it just is a little, it's like not ideal right now. Yeah, but. well, because of Elena's proximity to Damon, there's a lot of, yeah. Alaric doesn't know the inner workings of that relationship because Alaric and Elena really haven't spoken. And Alaric and Damon have barely spoken. Like Stefan is kind of an ally, but like. He's a, yeah, he's a tenuous ally at best. It's more of like mutually assured destruction. Yeah. Stefan would be a strong ally if Alaric listened to him, but we'll get there. Yeah. Then we check in with Stefan and Damon back at the Salvatore house. And Stefan finally shows the picture of Isabel's Damon. He's like, okay, do you recognize her now? And Damon doesn't answer at first. And Stefan's like, do you know her? And Damon's like, well, who's asking? Stefan says me. And Damon's not an idiot. He knows that Stefan wouldn't care if he killed some random girl. So he's like, yeah. who else is asking? And Stefan doesn't tell him that it's Alaric. He doesn't tell him anything. And so Damon's like, well, I'm not going to tell him yeah. if I don't know who's asking for this. Well, Damon does end up saying like, oh, I don't know her. So he does give an answer, but, you know. But it's obviously a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Because Damon obviously knows that, you know, he's killed people over the years. I think at this point he recognizes Isabel's picture, so he knows what happened, but he doesn't really know why Stefan's asking about her, so it really doesn't matter to him. If it had been a plain, like, just killed this woman situation, he might not have recognized her. Mm -hmm. Because, let's be honest, it's been quite a few, but that's obviously not the situation. And I think I touched on that a while ago of, like, why would he go in someone's house to kill them? Exactly. When they're a camper. Because you did say, you said, like, <laughs> if he was in there, he had to be invited in. That's a pretty big exactly. clue if you notice it. And obviously, <laughs> get there. So they leave Stefan not getting the answers he wants from Damon and Damon kind of being more and more suspicious of this. And then we go back over to the raffle where Matt and Elena and Caroline are catching up. Caroline says Matt keeps being hit on and he's cougar bait. 
which I sincerely doubt is true. Yeah, I think a couple of the rich moms were like, hey, sweetie, come clear this plate. And he's like, oh my God, they won't stop flirting with me. Like, it's because you're not doing your job, bitch. Listen, Tyler Lockwood lives in this town. Matt Donovan is not cougar bait. If anyone is cougar bait, it's Tyler and Damon. And Jeremy. And Stefan. Well, Damon's not cougar bait because he's older. I guess he can still be cougar bait. Oh, no, he's he's cougar bait for the women who are like, I'm not fucking dealing with the high school boys. But I think also he's not that popular of cougar bait because the the queen cougar, Mrs. Lockwood, has really sunk her paws into him and made that clear. But we'll get that. So Kelly Donovan comes in and buys her raffle ticket. And she hugs Elena and completely ignores Caroline. Yeah, she's like, oh my God, I heard you broke Matt's heart. And Matt's like, mom. And then she's like, but it's okay. He already found his rebound. Like as Caroline is sitting there. As Caroline is handing her a raffle ticket and Caroline just like keeps a smile on her face and Matt or Elena don't say anything. And I don't blame them for not saying anything because this is a very awkward situation. Oh yeah. And Caroline, you know, is uncomfortable, but she's like, I just need to smile and get through this. Like, this is not really my problem. Yeah, she's like, clearly I'll win her over. I just need to not make waves and that's clearly yeah. what they all want to do i don't blame anyone for that and then kelly goes into the party she makes a comment about how she doesn't want bachelor number three which is really only so we have like another bachelor's thread to follow so it's not just damon and alaric whatever we need a side yeah. character meanwhile in the bar elena and alaric make quick eye contact and alaric promptly runs away yeah elena like almost takes a half step towards him and alaric like speeds off and she's like okay he's like i'm not talking to you yeah <laughs> he's like oh that won't be happening yeah, he said this is not happening today And then on another side of the grill, Damon is like leaning up against the wall, like kind of flirting with Mrs. Lockwood, just kind of for the fun of it. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm planning a really romantic date. And she's like, oh, my God, you're making me want to buy a ticket. He's like, you could rig it. You're running it. And, you know, it's a little joke. And Mrs. Lockwood is like, literally, that was my plan. But thanks. Yeah, it's a little joke. But we do see a little twinkle in Mrs. Lockwood's eye. He loves to flirt with her and she loves it even more. I mean, I know. Where's Mr. Lockwood? We haven't seen him. I mean, he's the mayor. He's busy. He doesn't seem like a great guy. Mrs. Lockwood doesn't seem like a great person either, but, but we all balance it out. But then the sheriff enters. And so Damon's like, oh, I got to go deal with this. I've, I've had enough of flirting with this woman. She gives him the information on Alaric and she's like, he's clean. He's got a couple speeding tickets, but nothing big. But it's a sad story, though. His wife died and they never solved the case back when he lived in North Carolina. And Damon's like, oh, North Carolina. And he connects that. Stefan's asking about a woman from North Carolina and he's seen the picture. So he's like, okay, so he's doing this for love. Yeah. And he's like, okay, what's her name? The sheriff says Isabel Fleming shows him a picture and Damon connects the dots that Stefan is asking about this for Alaric, but he doesn't know the Elena connection. As of right now, he thinks he has all the pieces. So Damon is like, okay, Stefan is helping this history teacher for some reason. So time to fuck some shit up. Well, yeah, especially this history teacher who's been antagonizing Damon. So Damon's like, I'm going to have a little fun. So on stage at the raffle, we have three bachelors about to be raffled off. We meet bachelor number three, who Kelly Donovan does not want to win. And he says, I'm a plumber. And Mrs. Lockwood said, we could always use more plumbers. Could we? Mrs. Lockwood has no respect for a plumber. It's like that episode of Arrested Development where Job like wants to prank Lucille by like pretending to be a waiter, but she never makes eye contact with the waiter. So she never sees it's Job. It's like that kind of thing that, you know, Mrs. Lockwood treats plumbers like waiters in that way that she's like, she's like, I'm not even talking to him. Go fix my stuff. I don't know about that. It seems like she respects plumbers from this. She said we could always use more of them. I felt like it was like a backhanded thing, but maybe I'm reading into it. I think you're reading into it. I just think it was a (laughs) comment. I just think it's bad I'm seeing. I'm jealous of Mrs. Lockwood because Damon is flirting with her. So I'm taking a lot out of it. You're mad. (laughs) 
Next, she goes over to Bachelor number four, Alaric Saltzman, and she's like, oh, so what do you do? He's like, yeah, I'm a history teacher at Mystic Falls High. She said, oh, give me a fun fact about Mystic Falls, something crazy. And Alaric is like, uh. Yeah, Alaric like freezes up because he's probably like, how much time do you have? And also, Mrs. Lockwood, you know the crazy facts about Mystic Falls. You're on the council. She probably doesn't think he knows. So she's like, well, this isn't weird to ask because why would he know that? Exactly. He never gives a a fact. And she's like, guess he's saving all the good stories for the date. That was a cute little emceeing line. That's good emceeing because he couldn't come up with an answer. So she needed to get away from there quick. It moved it along, made it a moment. Yeah. Then she moves on to Bachelor number five, who we know is Damon Salvatore. And she says, we don't have a lot of information on you. And he says, well, I'm tough to fit on a card. Cute little line by him. Yeah, all the ladies in the bar are clearly very taken with Damon. And then he immediately uh, takes a different turn and decides to blow this shit up. Yeah. And so she says, oh, well, do you like to travel? He said, oh, I love to travel. L.A., New York. You know, for a while back, I was in North Carolina near the Duke campus. I actually think Alaric went to school there because I know your wife did. Everyone starts to make realizations. Alaric makes the realization that Damon has connected the dots and knows who he is. Alaric has done a pretty good job of keeping that at at arm's length. But now he knows that Damon knows that Alaric recognizes him. Exactly. And then Stefan makes the realization that his whole plan is crumbling before his very eyes. And Elena makes the realization that Damon killed her mom. (laughs) Yeah, a lot is happening because he's like, yeah, her name was Isabel. I knew her pretty well. And she was just delicious. He said, we got a drink together once. I mean, everyone is just seeing like their whole life fall apart in front of them. And Damon does not know what he's done. Yeah, he just thought he was messing with Alaric and Stefan. And he was okay with those two. Yeah. And so Elena runs out because she's obviously very freaked out. And Jenna's like, you okay? And Elena's like, I gotta go. And Jenna's like, okay. Yeah, Jenna's like, whatever, I'm looking at Alaric. <laughs> She's like, I'm busy gripping onto this raffle ticket with all of my might. Exactly. (laughs) So Elena goes out and Stefan like chases her down. She's like, I was feeling so sorry for him. I can't believe I'm so stupid. Stefan's like, you know, he's going through a lot. I didn't want to tell you. I didn't want to push him. And she's like, why are you protecting him? And Stefan's like, you know, you're not the only one who's hoping he was going to change. Yeah. It's nice to see Stefan like kind of have more hope for Damon because he's always clearly had some amount of hope, but he's never really admitted it. He's always been like, well, Damon doesn't have a soul. Damon doesn't have a soul. But now he's like, okay okay, well, now that Damon's truly been heartbroken, maybe we can build this soul back, I guess. Well, yeah, now that he saw Damon's reaction to Catherine, he sees that obviously he's empathetic in a way. Yeah, and Stefan can relate because he was definitely heartbroken by Catherine. And so watching Damon go through it, I guess. There's something that vampires can do in the realm of the Vampire Diaries, and it hasn't been revealed yet, and I don't know when it does get revealed, and I don't know if it's a spoiler to tell you. Probably is. It probably is, yeah. It Because it makes- Can they read minds? No. Not directly. That's a whole other thing. There's a bunch of powers vampires have depending on the vampire. But there's one thing that all vampires have the ability to do that makes Damon's reaction to Catherine more significant. But I don't think it's important to tell you. Can they track other vampires? It has no no relation to that. Because I thought they could when they were talking about Vicky, but then they couldn't track Noah or Anna. It's probably a spoiler to tell you, so I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you? It's not. No, but kind of. It's not like a big spoiler because it kind of. Okay, so I'll tell you. It's not a spoiler because it's very vague. But basically, they can like turn off their humanity and just not feel anything. Okay. That's interesting that Damon isn't doing that right now, which must be a sign to Stefan. Exactly. That's And that's why I think Stefan has so much hope in him because he knows that's something he can do and is choosing not to do. But we as the audience don't know that yet. And I don't know if they knew that when this season was being filmed, if they were going to do that. 
That doesn't feel like a spoiler. I mean, it probably is somewhat a spoiler, but I think that adds to this of maybe Stefan thought he was doing that and now it's clear that he wasn't. Yes, I think that's what adds to it is that Stefan thought maybe Damon's humanity was turned off, but it actually wasn't. And that's something obviously they'll explore more and more with many people over the course of the show. But that's something that I don't know when it gets introduced, but it's something that vampires can do. Only makes me feel better about Damon. So Stefan, I think, has hope that Damon is worth saving because obviously he's if he's feeling the heartbreak he's feeling things well yeah and that he is choosing to feel this heartbreak rather than just like completely shut it out and go crazy but then outside the grill Elena spots the creepy man from Trudy's house and she's like I saw that guy at Trudy's and Stefan's like let's go back inside and they don't deal with that right away and then we go back into the raffle where tickets are being read. Bachelor number three goes to Kelly Donovan again, because we've got this running joke of bachelor number three. She's not excited. And Mrs. Lockwood is very rude. Obviously, the Lockwoods yeah. think the Donovans are trash. We've seen this with Vicky, too. So Mrs. Lockwood's like, oh, Kelly Donovan. Great. This is why I think she has some disdain for plumbers. because She's like, have fun with the plumber. <laughs> I guess. I, well, I think she has more disdain for Kelly Donovan than she does for the plumber. I think she's like, you two deserve each other. Yeah. <laughs> little does she know that Kelly Donovan is like no I'm above the plumber <laughs> she's like oh good plumber's perfect for you you piece of shit <laughs> exactly so Kelly goes up to Caroline I guess to turn in her ticket it's a raffle whatever Caroline's like oh congratulations Mrs. Donovan and she's like can you stop Caroline's like what and she's like this nice thing you're doing it's fake you, you and your mom are both fake I hate you a lot <laughs> Like, it's so annoying that everyone assumes Caroline is being fake when I think she's literally just a nice person. Yeah, well, I think she's trying to be nice. And to be fair, Caroline is being fake because obviously she didn't get off on a good foot with Kelly Donovan. But instead of being like, I don't like you, she's like, I'm going to keep trying to be nice to her. Yeah, I think that's like it's being fake technically, but it's not a negative fake. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a negative fake. And also Caroline's a teenager and Kelly Donovan's an adult. Pull your shit together. It's clear Kelly Donovan just like has disdain for the founding families, which is fair because I'm sure they treat her like shit. They treated Vicky like shit and she doesn't want Matt to be treated like shit and go down that road. So I think she's like just pissed at the founding families in general. And so that kind of leads to this feeling about Caroline. Exactly. And this shakes Caroline, but she kind of keeps it together. She's like, okay, well, that sucked. <laughs> and then we have a little Delena moment. Delena stands, we eaten tonight. Mmm, yummy. Um, except they get in a fight. <laughs> he's like, hey, what's up? And she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, what's your issue with that? That was a fun little time I just had. She's like, did you have fun like bumming it into a lurk? He's like, yeah, that was pretty fun. And she's like, yeah, remember earlier when we were talking about my birth mother? Yeah, her name was Isabel. He immediately makes the connection that it's the same Isabel. You can see in his eyes, he's like, oh shit. I like, I feel very bad. I didn't know that. And I would never have said that had I known. And, you know, she's like, go ahead, like reminisce on how you killed her. And he like obviously feels very bad, but there's nothing he can say at this point. Yeah. And Stefan has told Elena that Damon didn't know about her connection to it, but it doesn't make her any less upset because now she's like, great, Damon killed my mom. But then Stefan and Elena go outside and they run into the mystery man and he's like, stop looking like she doesn't want you to find her. Which, like, she literally would have stopped looking because she thought she was dead. Like, yeah, it would have saved so much time if he just hadn't said anything. But that's the issue with compulsion. <laughs> he gave her more information than she had. Because she was like, well, great, Damon killed my mom. And then he's like, she doesn't want you to find her. And Elaine's like, oh, so Isabel's alive? <laughs> I guess that's the dark side of compulsion ahead of time. You don't know what someone's going to know. 
when at first I, you know, we didn't get confirmation that Isabel wasn't dead yet. So yeah. I was like, well, maybe this is just a really old compulsion from before Isabel was dead. So that's one of the compulsion things I was thinking about of like, maybe they were like, oh, tell my daughter this if she ever finds out about me. But like she had died before Elena found out. But obviously that's not the situation. I would have to think a little harder, but I'm pretty sure once a vampire dies, their compulsion wears off if they have existing compulsions. But I was also thinking maybe another vampire compelled him like before Isabel or something. Like it was not Isabel who compelled him. I don't know. I was going through a lot of thoughts. Either way, it's not a thing. But yes, this is true. Now, now that I'm remembering it's true. Once a vampire dies, anything they've compelled it wears off. You know, Elena's kind of asking follow-up questions again because she's getting a lot of information from this guy, which I know is not his intention. And he's not really answering them. So they realize he's under compulsion. And then he said, do you understand to like stop looking? And she's like, yes. And he's like, awesome, uh, I'm done. And then he takes like two steps back and a bus hits. <laughs> oh yeah, it's incredible. There are a few things, I don't want to say funny, but funnier, funnier to me than a shot of someone getting hit by a bus because it's always just like very sudden and very just like poof. it's very jarring and you don't really see them getting hit i screamed at this i was not ready for him to get hit by a bus yeah it's good stuff yeah this is our first real taste of this kind of thing of this compulsion that's you know kind of more passive yeah very saw <laughs> it's good stuff yeah follow this list of things to do yeah it's like you go you find elena you tell her to stop looking for me and then you kill yourself and yeah. he says great i'll do that i would love to do that he said thank you for the opportunity yeah <laughs> Luckily, Stefan and Elena have the opportunity to get near his body and take his cell phone. Very handy, very handy. Cops in this town are not the most effective. A cop should have been like, hey, you can't take his stuff. Yeah, they are not. They're not a solid police force. Exactly. Let's say that. Who is? Yeah, <laughs> not a single one is, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> then back at the raffle, Alaric's winner is being announced and it's Jenna. Both of them are Love. pretty excited about that. You can see, you know, there are sparks flying. We're in the early stages, the butterflies. Yeah, yeah pretty, pretty cute. And then Mrs. Lockwood's like, okay, bachelor number five, Damon Salvatore. And she barely puts on a performance. Yeah, she reads the number. She's like, oh my God, it's me. She said, who would have thunk it? I won. And everyone's like, we literally all knew you were going to win. And uh, yeah, everyone in the bar is like, okay. And then she's like, where, where'd he go? Where'd he go? And he's not there. <laughs> yeah, he, he was like. <laughs> a lot of good the rigging did. Alaric, noticing that Damon is gone, is like, okay, time to spring into action. And Jenna's like, what the fuck? I won like, I just want a date. <laughs> what the hell? So then we get another Alaric flashback where he's like, hey, can you quit it with the vampire stuff, please? Like you're getting too into this. Which is what our mom says to us every time we yeah. tell her there's a new episode of this podcast. And he's like, what is the point of us being married? You always work. You don't want kids. I just want us to be a normal couple. And she's like, well, maybe I don't want to be a normal couple. I want more than that which is really our first true evidence that this relationship was not as happy as Alaric's been painting. Yeah. He's been painting it as like this true love and he tragically lost his true love. But Isabel clearly was like not fully there. Well, yeah, we've been seeing this like whatever, like hazy lover footage of like, oh, we are in love and we're so happy together. And now we're seeing that really they had a lot of issues. Yeah. That stemmed from vampires. That he was like, why are you chasing after this? Like, it's not safe. And like, I just want to like have a good marriage. And she's like, it seems like she fell victim to the same kind of interest that Ben did. This is just me reading into it a lot that she sure. really wanted this idea of eternal life. That's mm -hmm. my read on her is that that was something that she was like, I want this more than I want like some simple normal life. Interesting. It is. It is, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I, I, I am very smart and interesting. 
<laughs> now I didn't say you were interesting. I said that was interesting. But it came from my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Donovan house, Matt is helping his mom go to bed because she's drunk. She doesn't remember leaving the bar. She's like, what am I doing here? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, okay, go to bed. And she's like, hey, I'm sorry I was gone so long. And he's like, I mean, what do you want me to say? And she's like, can I tell you the truth? I'm back because Pete left me. And Matt, even Matt is like, yeah, I kind of picked up on that. (laughs) And she basically says, like, you're all I have left. Please don't leave me. And poor Matt Donovan. I do feel bad for him in this sense, even though I hate him with every fiber of my being, that he kind of has to take on this caretaker role. And he lives, this is, I mean, the sad part about Matt Donovan is all of his friends are pretty well-off founders families. And he like is the kid from the wrong side of the tracks and he has to take care of everyone. I honestly think because it's his mom and Vicky that he feels really comfortable in this caretaker role. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of his issues with Caroline of like, he doesn't have to like fix her and save her. And he wants to save someone, which maybe is why he wanted to be with Elena when her pants died so bad. Yeah. But it is really sad for Miss Kelly because, you know, she obviously has been a little rough to some people, but she is clearly just really scared of losing Matt especially to someone from a founding family. And that's why she's taking so much out on Caroline. It's like, well, I want my son here with me to care for me. And he's the only one who I really have. And I don't want him to leave me for all the people in this town who were so mean to me. Yeah, who disrespect me all the time. Like on a public mic at a fundraiser, Mrs. Lockwood is still like, ew. (laughs) Yeah, like, of course she doesn't want to lose him to Caroline. She doesn't want to lose him in general, but it would be really bad if like to kill. And she also doesn't want to lose him to Mystic Falls. I mean, she obviously doesn't want to stay in Mystic Falls. She doesn't want to see her son stuck here the way these founding families have been. She doesn't want to see him turn into like these people who have disrespected her for years. Exactly. Very much like Miss Julie Cooper came from, quote unquote, the wrong side of the track. Riverside. Married in Newport. Riverside. Shout out 951. And she like wanted to assimilate into this group. But she, Kelly doesn't want her son to do what Julie Cooper yeah. did. <laughs> Inception <laughs> of universes here. Exactly. It's a lot to think about. And then we get to the Salvatore house where Damon is drinking bourbon, watching the fire, whatever. And Alaric comes in with a steak. And Damon doesn't even turn around and he says, are you really that stupid? And Alaric is. They fight a little bit. And even though Damon is quickly proving that he has the upper hand Alaric doesn't back down yeah Alaric is not experienced enough to come after Damon but he's standing his ground and going for it because he's pissed which I guess he's angry enough he kind of is like well my adrenaline will push me through it won't but that's okay and Damon's like come on you know what happened well yeah Alaric says tell me what happened to my wife and Damon's like do you want me to tell you that I killed her I think you know what happened yeah which was interesting because I was like okay because you know we got this peak that Isabel wasn't totally happy in the relationship it is interesting to think like, well, what did Alaric like shut out? Because it's always been suspicious that like he didn't see Damon fully kill her. He never found the body and like all this stuff, like a lot of things weren't adding up and we're finally about to see why. So he basically says, I turned her. She came to me begging for information about vampires and begging to be turned. And I liked her. So I turned her and this is a great little exchange. Mm-hmm. Alaric says, you turned her because you liked her. And Damon says, no, I slept with her because I liked her. I turned her because she begged me to. Yeah. Mic drop. It makes sense that Damon would turn someone because they asked him to because he was like begging to be turned by Catherine. So he's like, okay, sure. Yeah. He's giving someone something they want. Yeah. He's like, but you knew I slept with her too. Like, obviously you weren't happy in that relationship. Neither of you were. So I turned her. And then he 
stabs Alaric with the stake in his hand. And he says, you know, this is sad because we're kindred spirits. We're both abandoned by women we love. Unrequited love sucks. Anyway, I think I popped your lung, so I'm going to sit here and watch you die. And I really thought Damon was about to turn Alaric. Mm-hmm. But not the case. Let me ask you your reaction when Alaric died. So your first thought was he was going to turn Alaric, but then he sat there and died. And I was like, well, he's not going to die. And why did you think he wasn't going to die? Because you've seen him on posters. Well, not just that, but I remember you had posted a picture of vampires and you're like, don't worry, it's not a spoiler. And it's a shot of Alaric saying like, okay, that I know we haven't seen. So I know at the very minimum, the actor's not done. But also just, I mean, I I just felt like he wasn't going to die. I had a strong feeling about it beyond that. It also would have been really sad if, Jenna finds a new guy and he also dies. Imagine if yeah. then if then Stefan wrote an email that was like, I went to the Bahamas. And Jenna's like, what is up with the Bahamas? Why are all these men leaving me for the Bahamas? But yeah, I felt very confident that he wasn't going to die. And he was laying there for quite a while. So I was starting to get a little scared. Yeah, they did want you to, you know, they did want you to be like, okay, he's not going to die. And they'd be like, oh, he is going to die. Because you sit there and see him die. Well, because I thought Damon was going to give him some vampire blood to just really fuck with him. Like, oh, I turned you a wife and now I'm going to turn you because you hate vampires so much. That seemed like a Damon yeah. move. And it was just sitting there. And I'm like, well, when's he going to give him the blood? He's going to die pretty soon. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe he had vampire blood on him that he drank before he got here. But then I was like, well, where would he have gotten vampire blood? Exactly. I was going through a lot of steps of like, well, how did he get some vampire blood? Because exactly. Well, like, you're watching him like. I was like, he's coming out. back to life. And that is the way I know people could come back to life on this. Yeah, that's the only way we know of so far. Yeah. So I was I was like, he's not dead. So <laughs> Alaric's dead body is laying on the ground. Damon's looking for fire. And Stefan comes in and he says, hey, what the hell? And Damon says, he attacked me, which is true. He's like, I told him the truth. And he tells Stefan as well, like, I turned Isabel and he was mad at me for it. And then Damon is so down bad. He said, you know, if Isabel is Elena's mom, she's also related to Catherine. So I think Catherine sent Isabel to me specifically. And Stefan's like, stop. Stefan's like, oh my God, you are not well. Yeah, Damon's like, no. So Isabel must know Catherine. So Catherine sent Isabel to check on me and ask to be turned. So Catherine still cares about me. Like the the mental gymnastics he is doing. Yeah, he's like, it can't be a coincidence. And Stefan's like, let it go. And Damon's like, I'm handling it fine. I'm handling it fine. Like, clearly you earn if this is the, the path that your brain is going down. But yeah, he's not doing well. <laughs> yeah, Damon is feeling positive, even though he's down bad. And Damon's like, okay, so I assume you'll take care of this body. And he leaves. And Stefan's like, I guess I will. So I'm just saying, like, oh my God, not another one. Like, He's like, I really fucked this up. Although I don't really think there's anything Stefan could have done better. He did the best he could with the information he had. It just, he couldn't control three unpredictable variables in Alaric, Damon, and Elena. And three very volatile people with news that felt very volatile to each of them. None of them were going to be objective with any of this information. Yeah, it was just a lot more than than anyone could have controlled. None of them could have controlled it. Like, it was just too much happening. Yeah. So Stefan's kind of sitting next to Alaric's body, kind of contemplating what he did to get here. And then Alaric's hand moves and he comes back to life. So immediately Stefan's like, oh, so Damon turned you. And Alaric's like, no. Stefan's like, so you have vampire blood. Stefan's like, who slipped it to you? And I was like, okay, Stefan, we are on right the same path, baby boy. And Alaric says, no, it's something else. And he looks at his ring and he says, Isabel. 
And we see a flashback of Isabel giving Alaric this ring that we've seen. And he's like, this is a big ring. And she's like, just tell everyone it's a family heirloom, which as we can see, he does. And she's like, just wear it all the time. It's going to protect you from things that go bump in the night. And she's like, you know, I'm selfish. I'm crazy, but you love me anyway. Like, um, okay, Catherine. (laughs) Go off. But basically she tells him to wear this ring every day and he does. And so Alaric is pretty certain, like as certain as he can be that the reason he's alive is because of the ring. Stefan says it's impossible and Alaric agrees. So let me ask you, what do you think is up with this ring? So at first I was like, oh my God, she gave him a daylight ring because she knew, like, I thought that somehow she had given him vampire blood, like consistently. And she was like, someday he's going to turn into a vampire and then I'll find him again. And so she was like, here's a daylight ring just when that happens, you know? For when that happens. But that's clearly not the only thing because there's no reason that the daylight rings would like bring them back to life. So I really don't know what's going on with this ring. My only thought is like somehow it has like a needle that has been consistently putting vampire blood in his system that it's just been poking it. So do you think he's in transition? See, okay, yeah, that's why I should change this answer because I don't think he's in transition because I think he would have acted different You think he's a human who came back to life? Yeah, because I, just from seeing how Vicky acted in transition, I think we would have seen some sort of symptom of like headache or, you know, he knows a lot about vampires from Isabel. And I would think that there would be some information on transitions in her research. Since she was trying to do one. Yeah, since she knew it was possible and kind of knew how to get there vaguely. So enough. I think that like, I, I don't think he's a vampire at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he's in transition at this point. Sure. So I really have no idea how the ring works because my vampire blood clue was the only thing I really had, but I don't know how she would have gotten something like spelled. Like maybe she knows a witch or like maybe Catherine had something from Emily. I don't know. I am convinced somehow Isabel knows Catherine. Interesting. I don't know how I'm convinced that. Maybe Damon made me think it. I don't know. I mean, this is a very mysterious ring that we're not really sure what it does, what it is yet. Yeah. So we'll see. We will learn more about it, obviously. Yeah, but Alaric seems to know for sure that that's why he's alive. So then we go back over to the Gilbert house where Elena is looking at a picture of her parents, her adoptive parents. Mm -hmm. And then she picks up the phone that was in the middle of the road next to the man who got killed by the car. And she finds a recently dialed phone number and she calls it. And a woman picks up the phone and says, what happened? Like, did something go wrong? And we can tell based on the voice that's Isabel's voice. Yeah. And as can Elena. (laughs) Elena says Isabel. And then Isabel hangs up. And, you know, it is kind of comforting that regardless of any of the Stefan and Damon drama, Elena would have been pulled into this vampire world regardless. I know there is a comforting aspect to that, that there's nothing she could have done. Yeah, she couldn't have avoided it. If Stefan had left town in episode five, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, exactly. And I think Stefan will be comforted by that as well. Yeah, he didn't ruin her life. He just yeah. um, set it in motion. He prepared her for her mom being a vampire a little more, honestly. Mm-hmm. If anything, he helped. Yeah. If anything, he helped. Shocking, because that's not really Stefan's skill set. Gig. <laughs> we end the episode with Harper continuing to walk. Now he's walking through the woods. He's been walking all day. I mean, what else does he know how to do? That's true. So he gets into the woods and he finds a house and he knocks on the door. The woman who nodded at him in the town square answers the door and she says, Pearl, Harper's here. And we see Pearl in a new modern outfit. She looks very cute. Beautiful. 
I'm obsessed with her. She's so stunning. Oh yeah, she's stunning. So Pearl and Anna come to answer the door and they're like, oh, we're so glad you found us. And then Pearl says, Miss Gibbons, and there's this old white lady. And she says, this is a friend of mine. Can you invite him in? So we know that they have a human on patrol. Who is most certainly being propelled. <laughs> yeah, who is absolutely under compulsion. Her life is um, not her own anymore. Yeah. And she says, oh, any friend of Pearl's is a friend of mine. Come on in. So we have this implication now that tomb vampires are coming out, that that seal was not put back up. I mean, we saw Harper get out, so we know the seal's open. But we also see this other woman who Anna didn't carry her out while this was happening. Harper seems to be the only one who got access to that exploded blood bag. So there's a whole nother person that it seems like they could just, you know, find a human once in a while, go down to the tomb and wake up these vampires one by one, essentially. Mm -hmm. Because I think the assumption that Stefan, Damon, Elena, everyone is operating under is that Bonnie and Grams opened the seal to let out Stefan, Damon, Anna, and Pearl, and that they closed it again. But now we know they didn't successfully close it again. Yeah. So Grams died for nothing. I know, but they don't know that yet. Yeah. So that's the other thing that they're dealing with all this Isabel stuff. You got some other vampires in town, ladies. Get your shit yeah. together. But that's where we end the episode. So we have a lot of kind of storylines going on. We've got the whole Isabel thread. We've got the tomb vampires thread that's still going on. We've got Matt and Caroline. We've, and we've got <laughs> Matt and Caroline, everyone's favorite couple. And more important than anything else, we've got Founders Day. Yeah, right on the horizon. We are barreling towards the season finale at this point. Next week, we're going to get probably more answers, more hijinks, more excitement, as we can always expect. It's crazy how jam-packed these episodes are. The way the seasons build gradually is great that every episode raises the stakes. Yeah, it just seems like by the time we get to the season finale, like there's going to be some crazy shit going down. Either way, a great episode. Surely some more great episodes coming down the line. But for now, go ahead and, as always, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your listening platform of choice. Tell your friends who like the Vampire Diaries or who you think might like the Vampire Diaries because we're having a lot of fun here. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. Stephanie posts some great memes, some videos. She does a lot of hard work over there. So hit us with some likes. But for now, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.